Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to connect Black, Brown, and Indigenous women who are interested in sustainability. Our goal is to inspire, encourage, and educate each other. From gardening, to thrifting, to minimalism, to veganism, and everywhere in between. We are all on a journey to taking care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. Today's featured sustainable brown girl is Autumn Stewart, a senior packaging engineer in the sustainability department at a top consumer product company. She's also my cousin and part of the reason that Sustainable Brown Girl was started. I really wanted to talk to Autumn because one of the biggest concerns within the sustainability movement is regarding packaging and plastic waste that is clogging our landfills and oceans. In an ideal world, we would transition to a circular economy. That's a system that would eliminate waste and encourage reuse, sharing, repairing, and recycling. But we all know that we're not quite there yet. So I'm excited to talk to Autumn about the challenges companies are facing with transitioning to environmentally friendly packaging and how consumers can be more conscious when purchasing products. Hi, Autumn. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to talk to you. So let's just jump right in. Can you tell us about yourself and how you got started in your industry? Sure. Um, So I'll start with before I jumped into my industry and maybe starting with college. Um, I went to Spelman College Sustainable brown girl, of course. Um, (laughs) So I I studied chemistry at at Spelman and um, I did a dual degree program with Georgia Tech where I studied chemical and biomolecular engineering. And then coming out of school, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I'd worked so hard for these technical degrees. So I thought, you know, I should use them. Um, So I thought maybe going into like product development or product design might be interesting. And I went to school in Atlanta and there was a company in Atlanta that did packaging development. And so it was an easy transition just coming out of school to um, jump into that company. And so that's how I got into the packaging industry. Oh, wow. So when you first started, it was just regular packaging? People would never even think about it, but there is a whole industry around the packaging for the foods that you that you eat. So whether it's like a soda can or a soda bottle or a chip bag or pretty much any type of food product comes within a package. So there's a whole industry that's built around making those packaging. Oh, awesome. What made you go into the sustainability department? If you know, if you made that choice or you just applied to a job, you're like, oh, this looks awesome. Oh yeah, good good question. So I I've had a really, I'd say, fun career. Um, it's been interesting within packaging. I'd gone to I'd worked for um, some of the major companies within the industry. And then most recently I was working for a um, company headquartered out of Madrid and I was working to grow their um technical business here in the U.S. And so it was an amazing job. I got to travel everywhere. Um, I really loved it. But at the time, um, I was living in downtown Chicago. 
And I was working out in the suburbs and I had this long commute every day and it just felt so exhausting. So I had said, you know what, I want to get rid of rid of my car and I want to walk to work. That's where it started. <laughs> to mm. say. So I didn't even say I didn't even know that I was wanting to go into sustainability. Um, mm-hmm. Packaging has been uh, pretty stagnant in terms of it progressing and bringing in new materials or different ideas. Um, so even though I've been in the industry for like over a decade, uh, nothing has been really new. Um, nothing had changed too much. But the area of sustainability interests me because I would say just the idea of what your impact is. I would say like not just what you do, but like the impact of, you know, how you move through the world. Like how does it impact the world and how does it impact people within the world? Yeah, definitely. So you wanting to get rid of your car, was that a sustainable choice or just like, I'm tired of driving and I just want to be close to everything that I do every day? You know, I can't lie. It was definitely like a, I had moved to Chicago and I was like, I moved here and I wanted to have like a live workplace lifestyle where you can like walk to work or you can Mm -hmm. go out and eat just by walking around in your neighborhood. Um, For me, it was more of a lifestyle change. I'm really into minimalism, um, Mm -hmm. which I feel like goes hand in hand with sustainability. Totally. Yeah. So I had said, do I really need this car? You know, is this a good way of of living my life? And then I really feel like this was like, I don't want to say like God ordained, but you know how sometimes like a door opens and it's just the door that you're supposed to walk through. Um, Mm -hmm. So when I started looking for uh, new jobs, I felt like this one just came to me and it was, it didn't even feel like I was interviewing. It was more like, Hey, welcome. Let's go through the formal process and check the boxes. But I feel like I was really prepared um, for this. So in the past, um, even though I'd worked worked in the packaging industry on all sorts of different product um, projects, I'd had the experience of working in like a on a couple of projects that had an impact on sustainability. So, for instance, if you think of um, you know Girl Scout cookies, right? Girl Scouts yeah. sell cookies. Well, Boy Scouts sell popcorn. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so for like over 50 years, the Boy Scouts had been selling popcorns in these tin cans mm-hmm. and they hadn't had a, a change to it. And so I worked on a project to actually move them out of the tin cans, because if you think of the weight of those cans um, compared to something of like a flexible pouch. Um, so that was like an example of like down gauging, you know, use only what you need, but also ch- changing materials along with it to help significantly like lightweight a package. I'd also worked for, or excuse me, worked with um, one of the major yogurt companies and they're, they're a global companies. So what's happening in the United States, we're really, delayed and kind of behind with what's happening in Europe. So they had already started to make adjustments to their um, packaging so that it was more sustainable. So I worked on a couple of projects with them to help make their packaging like lighter weight and also like reduce the amount of chemicals that were in it. So it was just a, it was like an easy transition, like, oh, this is what I've done. But um, coming over to like my latest company 
what I loved about it is it wasn't just to say that I'm working for a company and working on packaging. My sole job is sustainability. Like I yeah. live, breathe, and eat. <laughs> and it's every, everything sustainability from like, you know, compostable, biodegradable, recyclable, reusable um, models. It's, it is very meaningful for me. That's awesome that you were able to find a job that aligns with your lifestyle. That's <laughs> super rare. <laughs> yeah. And I was able to get rid of my car. It was, it was so yeah, awesome. Seriously. That's amazing. It, it's kind of crazy too. They have a, um, a shuttle that like picks up four blocks from my house. So if I don't feel like walking and I can just mm-hmm. hop on the shuttle. So it's like, <gasps> yes, coming there, it was like, like rainbows and like waterfalls. <laughs> yeah. Literally, literally, I'm telling you, like <laughs> not figuratively. So I think it was like Pride Month or something when I went to interview. Um, <laughs> so they had like little rainbows all over. And they oh have gosh. like the, the main building, like the Innovation Center has a um, garden in there and everything and like a fountain. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I need yes. to be here. Like, right? Nice. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Back to the sustainability and packaging. One of the biggest complaints that circles within the sustainability movement is the use of plastic packaging. And you're actually the person who introduced me to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, which is the charity that's working to accelerate the transition to a circular economy. So what does that mean for consumer product companies? Good. Um, That is an excellent question. So the first thing that you have to think of when we say the circular economy is the goal, we have to understand that we're not there. And so if you think of where are we today, we're using a take, make, and discard model. So we're taking resources um, from fossil fuels from the earth that are not sustainable. Um, You know, they're oil derivatives. They get processed into some sort of plastic that has all these great properties, uh, you know, that makes food last longer, keeps it fresher. It's able to solve a lot of issues in terms of hunger and like food storage and shelf life. But when we're done with it, we haven't thought about what happens at the end of life. So best case scenario, we throw it in the garbage. Worst case scenario, it gets, you know, tossed on the ground somewhere, maybe in a river, um, and potentially like ending up in the ocean. So Mm -hmm. moving to a circular economy is to say, how do we take that, that flat economy where we're taking from the earth and then throwing back into the earth in a negative way? Um, You look at the beginning of life, um, you know, we say from the cradle to the end of the life to the grave. So if you look at where can we change where we're getting our our materials from so right now i i was saying we're using like fossil fuel based polymers or plastics um we can change that and we can use bio-based plastics so plastics that are made from like sugarcane that are made from corn and then also we can use recycled materials um instead of virgin materials Um, and then if you think of end of life instead of something going into a landfill or ending up in the ocean, it can be recycled. So it goes back into that circular economy model, or maybe it can 
biodegrade or it can compost. So what are some of the challenges around that? Oh, so many. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're looking at, say, the first example that I talked about, like biopolymers, Mm -hmm. these fossil fuel based polymers, we have companies that have built empires around them. They've been around for, you know, they're like multi-billion dollar household name organizations like Dow and ExxonMobil, Chevron. And there's a huge infrastructure that's set up so that they can do what they do very efficiently versus these new like biopolymer companies. They're newer. They haven't been around as long. Uh, The technology hasn't been there. They're not producing to scale. So there's a huge difference in the cost that it takes to make a biopolymer versus a traditional fossil fuel polymer. That's that one. That's a major um, problem. And then also the different properties or the ways um, that those plastics operate. Maybe you want a plastic that seals. Okay, maybe that biopolymer doesn't seal. Or maybe you want a plastic that is clear. I'll give you a good example. So back in the early 2000s, um, Frito-Lay came out with a compostable sun chip bag. They were okay. well ahead of their time, right? So I saw this this YouTube clip for the sun chips bag and I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing since sliced bread. So it had this amazing commercial where they're like, oh, you eat the sun chip bag. And then they showed like somebody just like throwing it in, <laughs> in a lawn or something, but really like a compost bin and mm-hmm. having like an accelerated video that showed it actually biodegrading. And you're like, whoa, this is amazing. Sun chips, it fit their brand and everything. But when they launched it, you know, the consumers, we weren't ready for something like that. We weren't ready to understand the give and takes of the differences of using different plastics or different polymers. So there was this huge complaint to say, every time that I, you know, try and sneak some chips, it's so noisy and people can hear me eating the chips. And I don't want people to know (laughs) eating chips in the middle of the night. I'm trying to hide this from my friends or my kids, you know? So they're like, oh, we hate this. This sucks. And I'm like, Mm. are you serious? You know how much like development and like how, like what huge progress this is to have, you know, a compostable chip bag. But that's the other challenge around that is like, there's going to be different properties. um, But, you know, what is the consumer perception going to be around it? You know, it's going to be different. Are people going to say this is different and I hate change and I don't want it, you know? Usually if you want to compost something, you should like have a compost bin or there has to be a specific composting facility that it goes to. So is it really beneficial to have a compostable product if people, if composting isn't widely acceptable? That is such a good question. And there has, you know, that is a challenge to say, what is the solution? So we had talked a little bit about some of the challenges around the beginning of life and using different alternative materials like biopolymers, but end of life, you know, what are the options? Do we want to recycle it? Do we want to compost it? And just because something's compostable, doesn't mean that it's going to end up being composted. Mm -hmm. In order for it to 
um, you know, break down and biodegrade, it has to be under the right set of conditions. And there are so many, the way that the U.S. is set up right now, I mean, who knows where your local compost is? Like industrial compost for most of the states is just not a realistic um, option at this point in time. So if you live in a place like California, you know, they're leading the world. That infrastructure has already been set up. There are industrial compost facilities to where you can separate um, your trash and say, here, this will go to the compost. Just like today, you know, you can say, here's what's going to the recycle bin. Um, mm-hmm. But for, for most of the country, that's just not our reality today. So yeah, we have to ask ourselves, uh, you know, if, if something says that it's compostable, so what? And I really, I really, really hate this. It's something that irks me. So you'll have like restaurants sometimes and they'll be like, yeah, we've got compostable silverware. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, honestly, it's really the same as regular fossil fuel based plastic silverware because if it ends up in the landfill, it's not going to decompose. Like it's not going to break down. Same thing. So yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah, definitely. Um, Also, too, this is just a random question. If, say, one of those uh, compostable spoons ends up in the woods, about, do you know how long it would take for it to biodegrade, if it would at all? Oh, yeah. Um, So when you think of biodegrading versus composting, everything biodegrades at some point. Like okay. people, people biodegrade, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> you know, hangers biodegrade, boxes biodegrade. Um, but the question is just when and how long. Um, mm-hmm. So for those spoons, I'm not sure. Typically, it's a combination of, you know, uh, UV light, what the temperature is, uh, what the time is, you know, are there any like microbes in that environment? So it, um, so I could... All that to say is I wouldn't be able to say for sure. Yeah. But yeah. It all, it all depends. It will break down and it will break down a lot faster than um, a typical spoon would. So if you're talking like, okay. oh, like a thousand years for a spoon, for a plastic spoon, yeah. it's, it's not going to be that long. Okay. So are there any industry standards that companies are moving towards or is that still kind of being figured out? So we, I say we, (laughs) yeah, the companies are filling their way through it. Um, I was absolutely amazed to hear about the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. Yeah. Um, And so the reason why is a lot of change that's happened traditionally, you know, there's a huge problem. People are like, oh, let's write our senators. Let's get our local government to do something. And we as, you know, the United States had been making some progression. You know, we had Al Gore informing people, putting it on the radar. Hey, we need to think about climate change. Um, The United States was part of the Paris Climate Agreement, but Mm -hmm. uh, Donald Trump pulled the United States out of that. Right. So from from the perspective of like, um, impacting, having a change and having an impact through governments and through like the political avenue, that wasn't happening in the United States. So I feel like the Ellen MacArthur Foundation took another route. I mean, you know, it's like we are the people. And so they started gathering, okay, globally, 
who are the people or these organizations that need to come to the table to have this conversation about change that needs to happen? And what does that change look like? Um, so they had, um, you know, with this new plastics economy, they got a significant a number of not only companies, but like nonprofit organizations, along with um, some educational institutions committed to make this change. And so when you start to say, what does that change look like? Um, we want, from a packaging perspective, for nothing to end up in the environment. Mm-hmm. So when we say end up in the environment, you know, we shouldn't have to worry about eating fish that have eaten all these microplastics and, you know, are we in harming ourselves? Um, mm-hmm. We don't want plastic in the environment. So in order for that to happen, um, we want our packaging to be like reusable or compostable or um, and with compostable, biodegradable or recyclable. So the commitments have been towards um, the focusing on the end of life, but also there's additional um, commitments. When I was talking about the using fossil fuels, um, there's been a com- different commitments made to reduce the amount of virgin plastics used. So. When we say virgin plastics, those virgin fossil fuel plastics. So how do you start transitioning into these biopolymers? Or how do you start transitioning and using recycled content in packaging? And I'm sure you've heard about the uh, timeline that we have for, you know, climate change to really accelerate and beat irreversible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... There have been a lot of really aggressive goals. Um, thankfully, mm-hmm. I say aggressive because I'm working to help implement <laughs> the changes yes. that need to happen. And I'm like, oh my God, it's 2020. We only have, you know, three years to get this done so that this can happen. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, people are um, definitely making some aggressive commitments um, financially with time to make sure that we can start hitting some of these goals. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you think that it's going to be possible to meet, like, say, for instance, I think I saw that, you know, we have to make so many changes by 2030, like 2050 shit is going to be really bad. But if we can do a certain (laughs) amount of things by 2030, then maybe 2050 won't be so bad. Yeah. So do you think we're on track to, you know, make some significant changes by then? Um, so I can say, looking back at the, um, like Ellen MacArthur Foundation and, and the commitments that people have made, it's not just this commitment that's three years in the future or five years in the future or 10 years in the future, but, you know, they are reporting, here's our goal, here's what we did this year, here's here's what our next step is, and here's how we think that we can achieve um, the goal set, set ahead. And so something has happened with solving this problem. So I'll say like, shout out to Lauren Hill, original like black girl, <laughs> a brown yes. girl there. Um, she has a song called like, everything is everything, right? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that is so true um, with everything that's happening with sustainability. Um, in how people are addressing the problem. So, you know, I talked about how people, 
people in different organizations, um, government is working with industry, is working with grassroots groups, which will work with, you know, like actual people to help educate them to say, here's what we need to do. Yeah. Um, so it's not just a matter of a single company doing what they can. You know, that company is working with their suppliers, who's working with their suppliers all the way down, you know, the supply chain. And they're also working with their customers who eventually work with the consumers. So like you and me at home to say, what is our part? And so to meet these goals, it's like I said, it's kind of like everything is everything. So we ourselves can be a part of, you know, these companies meeting their commitments. So it's one thing for something to be compostable or it's Mm -hmm. another thing for something to be recycled. If you don't recycle, (laughs) like what, you know, it's like, what is all this work for? If I've done all this work to like change everything, this whole portfolio, hired new teams, you know, switched switched entire portfolio to make it happen, but people don't do their part, mm-hmm. then we're, you know, everybody, everybody has a role. Like we all have a role. And part of that is, um, you know, what's, what's our responsibility in this? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I did Plastic Free July last year where you don't, you know, you try not to consume any plastic. And I learned that that is very hard. Yeah. yeah. It's so hard. What'd you think? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, people have done it and I know people are doing it, but for me and the type of lifestyle that I want to live and enjoy, (laughs) I want to be able to go and get takeout. You know, I want to enjoy a candy bar here and there, you know? So like, it's, it's difficult to be like, I'm not going to consume any plastic, but of course you want to be responsible and you want to encourage companies through your purchasing habits, you know, that, you know, I want you to make changes. So really what's, what do you think is the best way for people to make their voices heard with, you know, what they're, what they want from companies or, you know, what can, what can they do to help companies change? Good question. So, (laughs) and I, I do feel like my opinion, I have a legit, opinion on this being as I've worked in plastics for like my whole career um I would equate a plastic free living or a plastic free lifestyle to like the lemonade cayenne pepper diet Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just it's not realistic you know It's, it's yeah it's just not realistic but if it can maybe work as like a catalyst to have you start to have a different type of awareness of how are you impacted with plastics in your life and exactly now how can you make a smarter change then yeah. yes it's worth it yeah so like if you go on that lemon pepper or excuse me lemonade cleanse for like I don't know, three to seven days and then you say okay I'm not gonna eat like a Whopper or like a Big Mac. I'm right. going to eat some fruit instead. Um, so when you say, how can you make that change? I would say it starts with um, what we call like 
conscious consumerism. So Mm -hmm. you have, we all have, um, it's our, we have a responsibility, you know, we have a responsibility to know where our products are coming from, what went into it and where are they going? And we live in the age of information now. So this is the best time for the, for all of this to be happening. So you could, you know, everybody has a cell phone, you know, a lot of companies have QR codes. A lot of companies are, are building information um, into their websites so that they can educate consumers. So there's this whole trend of transparency within the food and beverage industry, you know, so now people like if you go into Whole Foods, you're like, oh, my cow came from this farm, which is located here, you know, and Uh it's pretty much that same idea with any product that you buy, you know, what is the type of, um, what are, what are the type of materials that are in that package? And then what are you supposed to do with it? So here's the thing though, companies like are starting to make this easier for us. And I know like Walmart gets a lot of flack sometimes, um, you know, by being this like behemoth company, but I'm really impressed because Walmart has started to change all of their packaging so that all of their products will have um, an information on it, information on it, where it's a symbol called how to recycle. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm telling you about it, you're going to start looking <laughs> for it. Okay. And then and then you're going to start seeing it. You're like, oh, here it is. If I look, I mean, because if you think about it, like if, you know, we have this obesity crisis in America and you're like, oh, people need to know the calories. All right. Let's put that information on the package. So it's kind of like that same thing, but for the materials of the package and what you're supposed to do with the end of the life. So on the side of it um, will be how to recycle. And I can actually like send you a link to it uh, because it might be helpful to just like point it out. Here's what a how to recycle symbol looks like. Um, But it will tell you what the material is. So it might say paper or it might say plastic or might say glass or something like that. But then it will tell you, yes, this should go to a landfill or it'll tell you recycle. Or it'll tell you, you know, compost. I think there's like a how to compost um, symbol as well. So for you as a consumer, you need to like, <laughs> we, I say we, we need to mm-hmm. start, we need to start paying attention. Do Is this recyclable? Like somebody mm-hmm. who works in materials, they're going to look in a material and they're going to be able to say, oh, I know this is polyester. Or, oh, this is polyethylene. But if you don't work with plastics, you need something to tell you like what is it and what are you supposed to do with it so that's the first thing like have an awareness of what it is that you're buying and then the second thing I would say is do your job (laughs) you know so your Mm -hmm. job is if it's supposed to go and you know I don't even say like in the trash anymore like if it's supposed to go in the landfill because that's really what the trash is yeah Um, then you say okay this is going in in the landfill but if you're really doing a good job, like recycling, you'll see probably like 60, probably like 40 to 60 percent of what goes into the trash can really get recycled. So start, you know, starting to recycle the things that need to be recycled um, or, you know, composting the things that need to be composted. And then I think the, the last thing um, besides, you know, being aware putting things where they need to go. 
Um, the last piece is staying informed, informed and demanding change. So like you said, if, if you go to your, um, I don't know, local takeout place where you get food from and you're like, they're using styrofoam. You should be informed <laughs> to say styrofoam is bad for the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but your voice has power. So maybe sending a note to the business, the manager and saying, you know, I'm a consumer and this is some of my concerns because that's, that's where you're going to have the biggest impact. You speak, you, if you speak as a consumer and you say, I am, you know, I'm purchasing this service or I'm purchasing this product and I care about it being sustainable. If you say those things, you know, if you, if, I mean, we're on like Instagram, if, you know, look at your, look up your favorite products, pose it L'Oreal and say, Hey, I care that you guys have recyclable cosmetics, um, cosmetic Mm -hmm. packaging. They will, they will take that into consideration and they'll start changing how they make decisions like business decisions. They'll say our consumers care about this when they're making their purchase decision. Yeah, definitely. Because it seems like just deciding not to buy something like that's okay. But at the end of the day, I'm one person and you know, they may not miss my $20 here and there. But I totally agree that by making your voice heard, even if it's just sending an email, sometimes it feels like that's not anything. But... Oh, no, it's huge. <laughs> yeah. it's, okay. It's it's huge because most people, you know how like on a lot of packages, they're like, any questions, complaints, you know, and they have right. like a number. I mean, mm-hmm. think of how many people call that number. Not that many, but right. I have, I've had projects that I've worked on. They're like, we had 10 calls. So we're changing it. Mm. 10. You know, wow, that's uh, nothing. That is nothing. So I'm like, think if like, you know, we started to organize and demand. Not, not I would say like not demand, but um, yeah, maybe that's a little bit strong. <laughs> but, yeah, but but let suggest. You know, yeah, <laughs> Just, voice your concerns. Yes, like let people know. I'm I I would prefer this. This, you know, I would prefer something that's sustainable. I would be more likely to buy it if it was sustainable, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's like, if your competitor, your competitor has an option that's sustainable, I might buy it over what I'm buying from you. So if they know that it will affect your purchasing decision, then the change will be made quickly. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'll definitely start sending more emails. Yeah. No, it's it's a big deal. So I kind of feel like you answered this earlier, but just to circle back, in regards to packaging, what can we expect from consumer companies in the near future? Oh, man. Consumer companies are running with like the speed of a cheetah to address sustainability as soon as possible. I mean, some, some companies have been responsible and they've been working on it for like decades. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some companies are just now getting on board, but everybody knows that we need to get to this finish line soon and and it's urgent and they're putting, you know, money behind it to make sure that it's happening. Um, So what you, what you can expect to see, um, I would tell you when you go to 
the grocery store or if you're ordering online, start looking at your products and you'll start to see a change. So whether it's something like Unilever um, having, you know, ocean bound um, plastics and their shampoo bottles like you or um, I think even Hellman's Manades had like recycled content in, in one of their new bottles like it'll it will start to hit um, you just have to start paying attention to it and, it and it's going to significantly move so I would just encourage you um, any product that you're buying just as you would look to say Maybe, you know, some people read the ingredients and say, oh, there's high fructose corn syrup in this. Start looking and mm-hmm. saying, what are they, are they, is, is this company communicating to me their responsibility for sustainability? Yeah, I, going back to what you were saying earlier about Walmart, I have noticed, I don't really shop at Walmart, but some of the <laughs> other products that I buy, yeah. I do look at the back to see you know, because sometimes they have the little triangle that says what number plastic it is. Yeah. But they've started to expand that more. I've noticed where it says, for example, a cereal box. Um, it says that the box is made out of cardboard. It can be recycled. Right. And then the plastic bag that the cereal's in, you know, you should just put it in your trash. So, yeah, I've definitely noticed that on some products, like you said, not everyone's gotten there. But it's definitely gotten much better in the last year that I've been paying attention to that type of stuff. Ooh, I have to give a, just like a helpful hint. I don't think a yeah. lot of people know this. Um, and just because I've, I've worked in working on a project that's um, involving it. So you have curbside recycling, but you mm-hmm. also have storefront recycling. Right. Right. And, and I, before I started working on um, this project, I had no idea about storefront recycling. So in, in storefront recycling, like a store, like I'd say like Target or Whole Foods or Walmart. Publix. Um, yeah, definitely Publix. They have where you can recycle plastic bags. Mm-hmm. Now this is for um, polyethylene. I think polyethylene is like number two recycle symbol. That cannot be recycled um curbside if it's if Mm -hmm. it's if it's a bag so if it's a film um it actually causes issue issues at the recycling plant but if you see like a number two on like a flexible or like a film type bag it should be um storefront and in the plastic bag um bin yeah, definitely. I've noticed that too. Also at the Publix that I go to, they have for they have a place for the um styrofoam egg cartons. Yes. So that's great. So, let's transition a little bit. I'm interested since we are sustainable brown girls. <laughs> what <laughs> what's been your experience while working in your industry as a brown girl? Oh, good question. Um so it started as me being the only sustainable brown girl or the only brown girl period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, look to your left, look to your right. Oh, wait, we had an intern. Oh, no, we didn't. You know? <laughs> <laughs> For years and years and years. Um, you know, whether it was my company or just the industry as a whole, I'd go to trade shows and I'd be like, surely there's somebody else. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And right. then it would just be me. And part of it was like the company that I, started my career with they were privately held um 
in Atlanta and I just don't feel like diversity was I mean not that I don't feel like when I worked there diversity was not um like a top priority for them mm-hmm. but the next company that I moved to it was at least in my bubble the opposite and part of the reason why I decided like I would say two reasons why I decided to work for that company the first one is that I was going to report to a manager who was a Mexican lady. And I was okay. like, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, I get to report to a person of color and she's a woman? Because yes. that just, that hadn't happened before. And mm-hmm. then with, on my team, um, with, with my peers, you know, there were a lot of women and a lot of women of color. And I don't know that I'll ever have that again. It was yeah. a very, very special moment. Um, mm. And then additionally, that company, um, I worked in their innovation center and walking into the company, they had a room named after um, Marie Curie. Wow. And George Washington Carver. (laughs) What? I know. As soon as I saw the George Washington Carver room, I was like, I can work here. (laughs) Right? Yeah. That makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, it does. So... I have to, I have to like comment on this a little bit because it it really do, does change how you feel every day like being able to show up um as yourself and not having to like I don't know mask who you are so that people feel comfortable around you. Yeah, definitely that's tough. Do you think it's important for people of color to live sustainably? So my last question is, what is one simple step that anyone can take to be more sustainable? Ooh, one simple step. Um, I think I would say being conscious. Mm-hmm. You know, if there was one step. So when I think of being conscious, it's just being awake, being per- being informed, you know, like don't sleep. Don't just walk through the world sleepwalking you know like wake up you have something in your hand um where does it go (laughs) you know you're driving a car like what are what are you what does that mean Mm -hmm. you know just just having 
a deeper awareness of how you move through this life. Definitely. 100% agree. That's definitely the first step is to be aware. Yeah. Totally. Thank you so much, Autumn. This was so much fun. I've learned a lot about the packaging industry and where we're going from this point forward. So I'm excited to see some changes. Yeah. I'm going to be sending some emails, you know, get my voice heard. Right. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Thanks so much for talking to us. Of course. And um, yeah, is there anything you want to share? Do you want, you know, to shout out your Instagram or want people to follow you anywhere? Sure. Um, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, my name is Autumn Stewart. So I had a black mother. So I have an E on the end of my name, A-U-T-U-M-N-E. And Stewart, like Stuart Little, S-T-U-A-R-T. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram. I'm Autumn Elizabeth. So A-U-T-U-M-N-E. And then Elizabeth. Perfect. Thanks so much, Autumn. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Thanks, Ariel. Thank you so much for listening to this Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share it if you loved it and leave a review. You can find us on Instagram at Sustainable Brown Girl and check out our Facebook community. We would love to have you there. Until next time, let's continue to make healthy choices for the health of our planet and the health of our bodies. Thanks for listening.